Welcome back to the Crossbar Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. In the last episode, we had Mark Geshwind on, a fantastic guest. We chatted all things Ajax, previewing the season ahead for the previous Dutch Eredivisie champions. And today, I have another very special guest, uh, a man who goes by the name of Launch on Twitter. I'll link to his his account below where you can go follow him. He's been watching Azed Alkmaar very, very closely in recent years. And we had quite the interesting chat about uh, transfer policy, tactics, the season ahead. I think you guys will find it really interesting. Um, even if you maybe haven't even watched Azed Alkmaar before, they're not the typically the largest club in the Netherlands. They don't have that much money, and we go into detail discussing how they've managed to do so well despite a lack of funds. Uh, for context, in 2019, they actually finished par with Ajax at the top of the table in the Eredivisie only for the season to be cut short by the coronavirus pandemic. So... Since then, there has been a bit of a sell-off. Their best players, most of them at least, have departed the club. So there's really a moment of transition here. And I think Launch does a great job of guiding us through that moment. And yeah, I think you guys will really enjoy this chat. So enjoy. Of course, uh, before last year, Azad were pretty ridiculously good being level on points with Ajax. And then with COVID, the season came to an end. No winner was awarded. So uh, unfortunately, that was a bit of a bittersweet ending. But in, in last season, in 2020-21, uh, Azad managed to retain pretty much all of their top players but now, after w- with the summer transfer window nearly coming to a close, you see Stangs, uh, Myron Boadu, Svensson have left. Um, potentially, even Cope Miners, who I know you're quite a big fan of, is is still questions over whether he's leaving. I guess my question is, uh, what do you see as the most that this AZ side can achieve this season, considering um, all of the movements this summer? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a really good question. And last season, you know the the end point the end point tally was definitely disappointing, being level on points with Ajax and and honestly really really primed to to steal the league from them, um, having beat them both times, home and away, in nineteen twenty. Uh, to be to have a seventeen point gap last year with all of those remaining players was was definitely disappointing. And, and still it feels like there was a missed opportunity finishing a point below PSV. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take like a quick look. And as I drew the first five matches of last season um, to nobody threatening. Um, and it was just an absolute mess at the start of the season in the first match against Pexwella two unanswered goals in the 79th and 90th against Fortuna Sittard in the next match to end 3-3. Three, three. 
Um, and then the worst of it, the third match of the season, a red card for Bizo, the goalkeeper in the 85th, and then four unanswered goals in the 57th, 64th, 88th, and 90th to draw 4-4 to Sparta Rotterdam. And like that, it was just a horribly rough start to the season. Uh, that was super uncharacteristic for a side that had retained all of their their key pieces, but then really honing it down, winning 21 of the last 29 matches, I believe. So that was kind of like very long-winded to get to your question. But although we are losing a lot of key pieces, Azed was definitely not at their best last season. And so I think that sets Azed up well to you know, retain their position in the table um, even though they're losing some key pieces. I think that the most that this side can achieve this season is third. I will say that I think that the quality is just too great, especially since Azad are, are losing players. I think a lot of it depends on how fast Arnie Slot can get Feyenoord rolling. We know what he can do. And if Feyenoord do get rolling, I could see them finishing above Azad, even though I don't think that they have the individual quality to compete. Um, and I, I don't see them. I think, it, I think it's a low chance that Azad finished fifth. Um, I'll give it maybe like a 20% chance. I, I do think that they're better than the likes of Vitesse and Utrecht, uh, even though, even though they're losing players. And I, I kind of, I'll kind of describe why I think that too. So if we're looking first at, at Stangs, he's going to be an internal replacement with the likes of Evian, uh, Abu Klal, maybe Goodmanson playing some right wing. And although I, I love Stangs as a player and I think he's a really special player, there's no denying that last year he was super inconsistent. And I think that came to hurt uh, Azed more than it appeared in the point tally, just lacking his consistency because he was such a big creative force. Um, so I, I think that we will be fine replacing him internally. Um, we have, we have options and, I, um, you know, I do have high expectations for Evian. I, I think he's ready. As far as Boadu is concerned, um, if, if you did follow me on Twitter, I was surprisingly not the biggest fan of Boadu myself. The way that I see Azad like to play, especially with slot and continuing with the Anson, a lot of short passes, quick ball, quick ball movement, um, you know, linking up play and retaining possession. And that was just a style that didn't suit Boadu as well. And I think it really, I don't, that might be controversial, but I think that really, I, I think that really showed because Boadu always bagged against uh, bigger sides. He bagged in Europe when Azad had to adopt more of a counterattacking style because he's the type of, he's the type of forward that is ready to run behind the lines, run behind the defense stretch them out that way and make the most of his chances in the box. And that really suited playing against the Ajaxes and the PSVs that also were trying to have the majority of the possession as well as going into Europe. So the, the reason why I don't think the losing Bodu will be as big of a miss is because I think that the situations where Azed dropped the most points last season when they shouldn't have were matches that they controlled the match and they had possession and that's just not as much of Bodu's style. You don't get the most out of them in those matches. I think we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later, but uh, I think that uh, Pavlidis will, will actually suit what we're trying to do a little bit better. And the last, the last one of the 
you know, other people that we lost was Svensson. I think that we got great replacements for him. I, I think that arguably we upgraded. I know you, you might want to even get into transfer policy as a whole, but Azad this summer have been making some pretty, pretty great replacement signings, uh, especially replacing some of the, uh, the likes of uh, Svensson, who you just mentioned, um, and a couple of other positions. So could you maybe, I know you mentioned Pavlidis up top, um, but could you speak about uh, maybe other players who, um, who have been brought in this summer and perhaps the expectations that you have for them? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, the, the main signings, and I'll say so far, because we, we still don't know yet. Um, we have Pavlidis from Villem too. Uh, Sam Bukema, center back from Go Ahead Eagles. Uh, we made Bruno Martins Indy permanent. He was a, he was a loan deal last year. And um, Aslak von Wittry from Jurgarden. A new right back to replace Svensson. Uh, and, you know, as I was kind of going on with Bodu, I, I think that Pavlidis, as someone who's willing to drop um, into the hole and create, bring others into play, he's not always looking to run behind the defense as Bodu was. I, I honestly think that he suits what Pascal Jansen wants to do a little bit better than Boadu. Um, now, does Boadu have a brighter future in the European level? Probably, but we're, we're trying to pick up points in the air divisie here. And I think for, for Azed to go and spend two and a half million euros on Pavlidis after selling Bodu for 17 and getting arguably a better stylistic fit for most of their matches in the season, I think that's fantastic business. Um, I think that it, it, the, the bigger question to be asked is if he can take the, the step up in pressure uh, for playing for a top club in the Eredivisie and to see how he handles that. But I, you know, I know the structure at Azad supports those, the players really well in terms of making that step up. As far as Sam Bukema goes, I, you know, I can't say I really watched go ahead Eagles last year, but from what I've seen and from, uh, and from what I've read uh, in just terms of like clips and, and profiles, I, I think that he fits the side really well. Uh, he looks like a good ball playing center back that is, intelligent with his positioning rather than trying to step out and, and be aggressive. He looks, he looks like more of a patient position oriented defender rather than an aggressive ball winner. And that's totally fine by my book. Um, I think that that works well with our, our styles um, and, and what we want to do. So I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see him come in. I'm not sure he'll start right away. I don't, I don't think he will, but it wouldn't surprise me that by the end of the season, he's holding down that, that starting spot at right center back. Martin Zindi, I think that works to, to make him a permanent deal. He's got the left foot and it works balance wise. He's, he's a little bit more experienced. That's important with such a young team that we have to, to make him a permanent deal. And as von Wittry is someone that I'm super excited about. I have, I was tweeting at Oz that I was tweeting at people, anyone that I could tweet at to, to tell them to sign this guy. And two weeks later, they, they announced it on a permanent deal. So uh, I'm going to take full credit for manifesting that one. And um, honestly, I think that, that he's an upgrade on Svensson. Um, I've, I've watched him a handful of times at Jurgarden, and he is very attacking. Uh, Jurgarden's a team that, that doesn't necessarily want possession, but will counterattack and, and, when they get the ball, they run most of their attack through Fonwitry. 
down the right side. Um, he's got a good first touch. He picks up intelligent positions. He's got a great cross on him, can take set pieces. He tracks up and down really hard, which is important because Jansen wants his, his fullbacks to fly up and down the flank. And he'll even, his goal tally is really impressive for a fullback. Um, he will pop up at the back post and put the ball in the back of the net, be there to create havoc. And I think that he will fit right in. I'm not sure that he'll start over Shigavara right away. Uh, I think he might need a little bit of time to get adjusted to the group, adjusted to what Jansen wants to do and build that trust. But I think that he could potentially have a uh, Jesper Carlson type impact on this team in his first season with the club. I'm interested in exploring maybe not the Fawn Wittry signing specifically, but you see with Azeb, a lot of these signings are from the Scandinavian countries. They're typically players on the younger side who perhaps to the average fan maybe aren't that well known. Um, and, and maybe even for, for a lot of the European scouts aren't very well known. So you see Azad getting, like you said, uh, Pavlidis up top from Willem Tvey and, and of course, Fon Vitry from uh, Jugarden in Sweden, I believe. So mm-hmm. could you maybe speak about a, a mathematical approach to, to signing players like that um, and the club? But um, I, I know you have a, an interest in that. Yeah, so actually I have... I also have a background in baseball for, for most of the listeners probably don't care about that and that's okay. But an interesting aspect to Azed is that um, one of their, well, they started as, as just an advisor, but now actually a minority stake owner is Billy Bean, um, who has invested in the club. And for people who don't know Billy Bean, he was the general manager. Uh, he's a general manager for the Oakland Athletics in Major League Baseball in the United States. And he kind of pioneered the Moneyball movement, which uh, is probably pretty well known. And Azed have been notorious for spending very little amounts of money on their transfers. It is almost like an absolutely strict policy that they will not spend more than 3 million euros on a player. And I, I don't think that they've spent more than 3 million on a transfer since like the summer of 2008 or 2009. I mean, it's been a long time. Um, and they're really good at, at going into these regions like Scandinavia that are maybe under scouted by other, by other clubs and finding gems to buy for 3 million or less. Like they're very principled when it comes to that's, that's how they do business. And what that provides is a lot of longevity and financial stability for the club. And it gives them a very clear, a, a very clear vision and a very clear, clear path for what they want to do. So I am really excited about these signings because when Azed does go out and, and scout and bring a player in, they've really done their homework. And I, I think that they do fantastic business. So at, the, at some point you have to trust that as well. Yeah, that's, it's really interesting. You mentioned not having, I don't know if $3 million is necessarily a big signing per se, but um, not having a, uh, a transfer expenditure of that volume for over a decade, especially considering just the sheer inflation that the the transfer market has seen is honestly pretty incredible. 
I guess just going back to specifically how this transfer policy might affect the upcoming season and the one or two seasons ahead of it in the near future. Um, you mentioned that the summer transfer window, of course, is yet to close. Um, and and potentially there are players like uh, Tone Cope Miners who could be leaving for a larger league uh, a club, perhaps increasing their, their wages by fivefold uh, or more. So, you know, with the money ball signings in mind, um, are there any positions that you think still need to be strengthened uh, heading into this season um, and potentially may need to be strengthened if someone leaves? Yeah, absolutely. So it, the big question mark right now is who's going to play goalie because we sold Marco Bizzo, who is the, the starting keeper. And there's been strong links to uh, Peter Vindahl from, um, from FC Nordschland in Denmark, a 23-year-old keeper. Uh, has a good amount of starts under his belt and rumored to be able to pick him up for 1.5 million pound, uh, euros, which I, I think would be great business. He's, he can sweep, uh, he can play with the ball at his feet. He, he fits stylistically the Eredivisie as a whole, as well as Azed. So look for Azed to, to buy a keeper. And my money is on uh, Peter Vindahl. I don't know if I'm, I'm saying that name right. That's, that's American tax there for you. Um, the other, the other big question marks for sure are, uh, whether Tan miners and Owen Vindahl are sold. And if those two things happen, then the dominoes will fall. What we're looking at for left back right now, apart from Owen Vindahl is this Usting, who's an attacking midfielder by nature and Maxime Hullet, who's kind of this left backs, left center back hybrid, um, and yes, that, that last name does mean something, uh, but he is not ready for this level, uh, not this season. So if Owen Vindahl leaves, then something needs to happen at left back. Where I'm kind of looking, Jaden Osterwald and Gabriel Goodmanson within the Eredivisie themselves would be great. They seem to be probably, will probably be outpriced, probably will not spend on those players. So I'm looking for someone like Frederick Bjorkan um, from Bodo Glimt, who we have a previous relationship with, who's coming up on an expiring contract, or uh, uh, Derry Merkin from SC Volendam, who seems like he could potentially be a, an under-the-radar steal. So that's what we're looking at for left back. And if Tan Miners would kill me inside, um, but he has been flirting with Atalanta and Roma and the likes, and I, I do think he'll get a move as he deserves, um, then that seems like it will be an internal replacement. Um, probably split between the likes of Jordi Klassi, um, Reinders, and Tan's younger brother, Pierre, who's making the step up from young. So uh, we'll see what happens, but the goalkeeper is definitely imminent. And I think that going back to that first question you asked, if Vindal and Cope Miners leave, then we're looking at potentially fourth, maybe fifth, uh, if if those key pieces leave. I'm glad you you mentioned that, and especially with 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 uh, Cope Miners potentially leaving and having uh, someone like even his younger brother coming from the youth academy to replace him. Um, it, it does bring up another question that I wanted to ask. I, I think with Azed, 
it, this isn't an anomaly in the Netherlands, having a good youth academy and being able to harness a lot of those players coming through, you know, launching them straight into a, uh, a first team role, whereas in leagues like England and Spain and, and the other top divisions, you don't necessarily see that as often because the level is just that much higher uh, where someone taking a step up from uh, from a youth team they're not necessarily up to scratch um, as of yet and I, I think Manchester City is the team that comes to mind for me since I watch them a lot and Phil Foden is essentially the only player who has come through the academy who's had really uh, any shot of of making an impact. So with Azad having their second team, young Azad in the, uh, the Dutch second tier. So they're playing against professionals every week. It's, it's certainly a, a higher level than, than having just simply reserve teams competing against other reserve teams. I guess my, my, my question maybe is double kind of a two-parter. So I'm interested in, you know, whether, you think young Azad are going to be good this season. I, I, I don't expect that you've uh, been watching them as closely as the first team, but uh, you mentioned a couple of uh, young players and their um, Maxime Khalid perhaps being the most, uh, the, <laughs> the biggest namesake in there. Um, so yeah, so I guess name, maybe I'll name. just ask my, my first question uh, first, which is, you know, what do you, what do you expect from them this season? Yeah, I, there's, there's a lot of great talent there, um, which, which I can, which I can get to, but, you know, I'm not expecting them to, to make waves to place high in the second division. Um, but at the end of the day that for Azad, I don't think that really matters. And the reason why is because they, the club itself is very process oriented there. The reason that club, the reason young is there is for, for those kids, those youngsters to get the minutes learning how to compete, developing, working on, on the things that they need to do to get to the first team. And when you have that kind of mindset and that type of framework for, for your club as a whole, um, then the, the development and the process and learning the style that Azed want to play uh, is, is almost more paramount than the results for young Azed. You know, they're, they're really trying to grow those players so they can have that impact in the first team. And, you know, Azad have, have a goal for 50% of their uh, squad to consist of youth players from the club, which is, is incredible. It's one of the, the best marks in all of Europe, especially it's one of the top marks in, for clubs that um, are actually competing in you know, European competition, high level. So what, what they're able to do with young Azed is really remarkable in terms of bringing talent through. And it's less about the results in the second division than it is about preparing those players for, for where they need to get to. Just kind of building off of that, you mentioned a couple of players who could potentially come into the first team um, if, if one or two stars like Vindal and Coat Miners are to leave this summer. Are there any other players who you're interested in watching right now or maybe aren't up to scratch at this moment, but you see having a, a much higher ceiling, um, a, a ceiling that that could see them break into the first team and maybe even become a star player. 
Yeah, I, I think the the first name that needs to be mentioned is Mohamed Tabouni, who's uh, you know, he can play out on the wing on the left. He can come into into the hole and, and play in the middle and create from there. Uh, but I think that you'll you'll see him kind of bounce between Young Azad as as well as the first team. Um, he does need to sign a contract extension, which is getting a little dicey at this point. Uh, we do not want to lose him. Uh, so hopefully that gets gets taken care of. And I, I mentioned Pierre Copeminers, who I think will will make an impact this year, and Hullet, who I, I think will also, you know, play some type of role, albeit small, in the first team. And there's a couple other guys at Young, which which are more probably to watch out for next year, but could maybe make some appearances at the end of this season in the first team. And and the first one is Ernest Poku, who you'll probably see maybe at right wing or up top at center forward in some substitute appearances. Uh, he's 17. He has really grown a lot um, in the past year. And I think that he could be a big thing. Um, that he's kind of gotten the tag of the next Boadu, which I think is interesting, but a great threat in behind and an eye for goal. The other one, Yusuf Barassi, who will probably mostly stay with Young Azad this year is a, a center forward. And they actually just a they just loaned out a player from Young Azad to which will hopefully create more minutes for Barassi because he also needs to sign a contract extension. So that one's getting dicey. But those are are the guys, the youngsters that I think will be good to keep an eye out for. And I think that it's great that we were able to replace slot with Jansen and keep it internal because Jansen is someone that uh, as a manager, he understands the club and he understands the vision that um, the club's trying to put together with their youth goals. And he was able to maintain a very similar style to Arnie slot. So as players advance from young Azad up into the first team, it's something that they are already familiar with. Um, so in terms of, of Jansen coming in, I think that it'll be great to see him have more control this year. I think he's a really good, um, I think he's a really good people person. He's good with the players and it'll be exciting to see him grow tactically on his own as well. Yeah, that's great. And, and, and uh, launch you, you really, uh, you're, you're taking the words out of my mouth with a lot of these questions um, because my last one was going to be about uh, Pascal Janssen and about, um, I know earlier on we were talking about Arna Slot having moved to Feyenoord, which that is perhaps a discussion for um, a, a whole a whole other podcast episode. Um, his style of play, very high tempo, uh, lots of nice interchange uh, with with some vertical movement going on that certainly resembles some of the uh, the past Ajax and Dutch teams when total football was becoming a phenomenon many decades ago, but he's gone. So we can just forget about him <laughs> uh, unless we're discussing the, the race for third place. But um, yeah. you mentioned that you, you see Jensen as someone who, someone who can come in and has an idea of how the club ought to be run. Um, how do you, having watched Azad closely last season, especially, how did they play tactically and strategically? Like, is this a team who is, like you said, looking to make a lot of the um, movements in the channels, uh, looking for a center forward who is, is opening up into space? Or 
Uh, could you see, especially with some of the players having left, could you see them being becoming more of a counterattacking side? I, I think that a lot of it will depend on if Teon Copeminers departs because he controlled the entire tempo and and you know build up of what Azed wanted to do, and that will be a massive loss. I, I think he will be being their captain. I think he would be the biggest loss out of all of the the players that would or have departed this summer, and. I think that Classy would be able to maintain some of that style, but not to the level that Tan brought. Um, you know, he was regularly dropping between the center backs or outside of the left center back and would dictate would dictate play. He would find Stangs, uh, Goodmanson between the lines. Uh, Carlson would regularly cut inside from the left wing, and he was a threat to shoot. Um, and Vindal, one of the best attacking fullbacks, if not the best attacking fullback in the league. Um, regularly, he, he could overlap uh, Carlson. He could underlap. I honestly think that Owen Vindahl is one of the best at recognizing underlapping runs in all of Europe for a young fullback. Um, and then Carlson has the option to shoot or lay it off to Vindahl, who gets to the byline for a high percentage cutback. Um, you have Stangs coming in from the right wing. Uh, between the lines then trying to create from there uh, with a, a fullback bombing to the outside of him. So I think that Azed and Jansen will maintain a lot of that same style. I think that the question will be with the players departing, if they're able to do it as effectively. Um, and that's why I think if, if Cope Miners and Vindal stay, uh, even if one of them stay, we'll be pretty left side heavy. We'll be looking at Carlson for a lot of goals and our buildup will definitely be a bit heavier on the left and then switching play to find someone bombing down the right flank. Um, so that's, I think that's a little bit of what Jansen will try to do. Um, he kind of experimented with wing backs a little bit in preseason. I, I don't think that will necessarily stay, but um, you know, Azed as a, as an entire club want to play attacking football. And I don't think that they'll, I don't think that they'll revert to counterattacking play unless they absolutely have to. I think they'll want to control want to control games when they can. Well, like everything in sport, you know, we could talk about this all day until the cows come home, but we won't truly know uh, the tactics, the strategy, and especially the results, of course, um, until the season kicks off, which is uh, as we're recording this upcoming weekend. So, um, launch thank you so much for coming on this was honestly super super insightful um and, and i seriously mean that this has been very enlightening as to what to expect the, for the upcoming season uh you know i i'm an ix supporter myself so really the only times i get to watch azed are against ix and perhaps a few eredivisie and european games here and there so yeah i'm, I'm gonna be watching very closely this season i'll be tuned into your twitter feed and um yeah we'll definitely stay in touch and uh, hopefully have another chat soon yeah i appreciate you having me alex uh, it's been fun and yeah getting ready for for a good season here hopefully it's an entertaining one at the least don't you think we're done Don't you think we're done?
Don't you think we're done?